Listen to the show and peep what these dudes bring If you didn't know it's an orange and blue thing Hope to win the championship in a few rings We're talking baseball It's an orange and blue thing Walk off if the game's tied like shoestrings It's a Mets podcast, orange and blue thing Beat the other team with defense in a few swings LFGM, it's an orange and blue thing What's up Mets fans? Welcome back to Orange and Blue Thing This is the season 4 episode 1 Premiere out here on Long Island. We made it. We did make it. Another offseason in the books. Well, almost. The Mets are opening up next month, March 26th, versus the Nationals at uh, City Field, obviously. But this Saturday, opening day is in the air for spring training. I know it's not, the weather report isn't really uh, favorable for opening day, but I did text. My uh, connect over there at the Port St. Lucie Mets or St. Lucie Mets now at Clover Park, and they said, don't worry about it. So don't worry about it. Don't worry okay. about it. If it rains in Florida, it's like 10 minutes, so we should be good to go. Well, they've got some new bars set up there at the ballpark, right? So I mean, When I, when I was down there for the fantasy camp. one way or another. Yeah. I was there for fantasy camp first week of January, and I said to myself as I'm walking through the facility, there is no possible way this place will be done for opening day. And, and um, I guess reports are... They're supposed to have almost everything ready in time. I guarantee there's going to be some paint drying on Saturday when they cut that ribbon. But I'm so excited to get down there. Spring training is always something that I really look forward to. And even though the weather isn't really, you know, something that people are going to be looking forward to as far as like, hey, let me go jump in the pool at the at the, at the uh, hotel. I think everyone's still excited to get down there. No, of course. So you get the green grass, baseball. I mean, it all it starts up again. And it hasn't been like a brutal winter or something where it's like, oh, I got to get out of New York. I mean, what, we've had like two 20-degree days and maybe it snowed once in the fall. I, I can't even remember at this point. It's been so, so tame. But obviously, dude, I mean, go down there, get a little tan, make it happen. I mean, you, you were able to get down there last month, so you know. You know yeah, the difference. It was it was hot. It was hot down there last month. And, you know, the weather is what it is what it is, especially like you said. Um I my plan before this winter was to buy a snowblower. And I'm glad I didn't because it, I only shoveled once and it was only because I didn't want my wife to slip on the driveway. But by the next day it was it was uh melted anyway. Yeah. So this winter has been whatever, not much of a winter, but follow me. Yeah. So dude, a lot has changed since last year. Last year's opening day. You were you now you almost have a one year old. Yes. A lot has happened in the past year. That is uh that's a big one. Yeah. You know. So that's been fun. What's her birthday again? April? It was opening day last year, so March 28th. Okay. So uh yeah, so we'll be coming back around and then I don't think she'll be quite diving into the Mets yet, <laughs> but yeah, and she'll have an idea what's going on now. You know, last year I could kind of just like layer on the couch and force her to watch the Mets. Now it's a little more difficult. She's moving around, crawling. It's kind of hard to keep her attention on anything for any length of time, but yeah. uh, eventually we'll get She's there. She's sleeping okay? Yeah, yeah, you know. All right. As, I mean, I know as babies do. Your hours are crazy anyway, so wow. I feel like your sleep schedule is absolutely insane. So if you're getting any sleep, that's, that's a plus. But uh, I want to give a special shout-out to our friends at Coors Light. Uh, I was texting Pete yesterday. He said, are the mountains blue? I said, absolutely. Uh, before we went live, though, I talked to Lizzie, who's behind the scenes here. What's up, Lizzie? Hey, guys. Lizzie and Pete, if they remembered the Freaky Freezies, and both of them looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. But the Freaky Freezies, I'm pretty sure is that what they were called. They were gloves that would change color when they got cold. And I guess, I don't know how Coors Light does it, but the can has some freaky freezy abilities in here so cheers to Coors Light we got some really big things planned with them for this season and uh cheers to our first beers of 2020 cheers cheers Pete cheers Lizzie cheers, cheers Coors Light cheers it's always nice to have a beer before lunch 
Yes. <laughs> That's like a little appetizer, or breakfast. you know? <laughs> or breakfast. Start it up. So, uh, it's we baseball do- season now. It's all allowed again. Absolutely. First beer of the year in the books. We do have a phone line, 631-388-5195. You want to chime in and chit-chat about uh, something Mets-related. We do have a stacked show, so try to be on topic. I know we usually like to kind of be all over the place, but there is a lot to cover. A lot happened since our last show. Mick Calloway out. Beltran in. He never lost a game, but he also never managed one uh, for the Mets. But he wasn't really fired, but whatever. They came to an agreement. He's out. Yeah. And then Rojas is in. So what a freaking crazy, crazy offseason this has been, right? It's never normal. No, ever. It's not like, you know, oh, this star player came in, big press conference, whole big thing. I mean, the big addition for the Mets as far as the press conference, the pomp and circumstance of it all was Beltron. And then we all know how that went. And I think in retrospect, the Mets absolutely made the right decision when you look at the anger around Major League Baseball towards the Astros. If they had held on to Carlos Beltran, it would not have worked. They would have had to make a change in spring training then uh, when you consider how angry players are throughout even Michael Conforto uh, talking to the New York Post about it saying hey this is a team the Mets have too much integrity to have done what the Astros did so how are you going to play for a guy who (laughs) was one of the masterminds perhaps of putting together this system and Carlos Beltran it would not have worked and it's been amazing to me just how much anger there is throughout the sport you mentioned Mike Trout has never had an opinion on anything now uh, Aaron Judge uh, you know a lot of guys that don't stick their beak out Nick Markakis and they are all pissed yeah. and going at the Houston Astros Justin Turner a lot of guys have been very vocal Bellinger a lot of these guys really yeah, I mean been... I understand those guys because they are the Dodgers. They lost the World Series to the Astros. But what does Nick Markakis have to do with Houston? <laughs> Mike Trout's in the same division, but it's not like the Angels were very good. So the anger throughout the sport from players like Chris Bryant, who aren't even in competition with the Astros generally, that's really been eye-opening. And again, uh, the Mets, they, they made the right call, and they made the decision they had to in letting Carlos Beltran go. And... Now we'll see what Luis Rojas can do. It's kind of the the great unknown going into this year. You brought up Conforto. I mean, I think that one of one of the press members asked him, you know, how are you going to deal with it internally as far as, you know, you have J.D. Davis on the team? Or is that something that's going to be, you know, between you guys? I said, we'll talk about it. But, you know, um, it, it was such a cra- – like, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of over it by now. I had to actually <laughs> – I, I muted – I don't ever mute – it's the first two words I've ever muted on the Seven Lines account – Astros and Houston, because yeah. I'm just tired of hearing about it. I really wish baseball would get started already, but I know that... Um, well, it's such a fascinating subplot going into the season. Like, do you not want to watch an Astros game at some point this year just to see... You know, the Mets play the Astros a lot this spring training. Maybe the Mets don't have a lot of anger towards them, but there are teams in spring training that might try to take some shots at the Astros or, or try to level the playing field sometimes. I mean, I, I just think it's like a really interesting subplot going into the season because baseball generally you don't care what's going on outside of in our universe the Mets right Mm -hmm. you care about the Mets you care about the teams in the division but you don't necessarily care about Sunday night baseball the American League teams it's become a regional sport you know beyond your fantasy team you might not be that into it but now you have a villain right I mean this is like the Patriots of baseball now being this Houston Astros it's going to be a very different dynamic this year I don't know. It's just the whole thing with that. It's 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 going to be a storyline all year, and I guarantee there's going to be some brawls this year because even though 
Manford came out and said, you know, you can't hit these guys. They're going to be they're going to be taking some stuff into their own hands. Something's going to happen. Rightfully so. I mean, it's I mean, it's tough to compare this to like a Pete Rose thing, but you know, for Pete to be, I mean, he agreed to the ban back then, but whatever. It's a whole different conversation. But for Pete to be, uh, Pete Rose to be where he is still, and these guys know that what they were doing was cheating as well. They're not going to take the hardware away, and then the commissioner says, well. It's just a piece of metal. I never understand why people compare this to Pete Rose. I'm not comparing uh, it to. I'm just honestly, saying, like, it's, like Pete Rose, be really separate thing. Don't cheaters. gamble on the games. Done. No, right, no, it's right, not right. cheating. Pete Rose didn't cheat. Pete Rose gambled on right. baseball. I, it's I, the Cardinal sin rule of Major yeah, right, League right. Baseball. It's right in the. It's right in the locker room. But it says, don't do this. Yes, I mean he's the one that's trying to tie them together, but they're not. You could try to tie it to the steroid era, and. One of the reasons why players didn't come out as unified against it at the time as it was developing was it wasn't only one team doing it. Uh Like, if it was only, let's say, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, and the Oakland Athletics, they were the only team using these things, there would be anger amongst those other teams that, oh, they have an unfair advantage. But that wasn't the case. You had steroid guys on a lot of different teams and throughout the sport. This... It was one team that took it to a much further level, as far as we know, than anybody else. So let's hit the phones. Uh, familiar voice here. We got our first call of the year. What's up, Mr. Rallyman? Greetings, Darren, Pete, Lizzie, Megan, RWOI, Seven Liners, and all Met fans. This is Rally. 2020. I guess Lizzie didn't say, hey, get to the point. Oh, I did. I did. I had to get that in. Come on. It's officially opening day. It's opening day. What's up, Rally Man? Par for the course. Okay, so I think you guys, I'm not sure if you're touching about about the whole cheating thing going on, but uh, I'm just curious on what your thoughts are morally on it, especially that uh, Beltron's come up as a little bit more of a prominent figure in that whole thing. Um, But other than that, I'll just leave it with that, guys. Uh, Tight show. Love you all. Let's go, Mets. Have a good one. Good to hear from you, Rally Man. Morally, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same. Like, I understand what he's what he's trying to say, and I feel the same way about it. I mean, I, I know guys are always looking for some type of advantage, but if you're going up there with a buzzer, I mean, granted, we don't know if that's 100 sh- uh, true, but if you're going up there with a buzzer or someone's banging on a trash can, you know it's coming. Then I don't know if I'd be able to sleep with myself. And honestly, and if I was an Astros fan right now, I might have to just give up. I don't like I couldn't. I don't know if I could cheer for these guys on, if I was an Astros fan. Yeah, I right think now. it would be a little different. I don't know, but it's a, it's it's, a, it's phony. You know it's a I, sham. You know what I think back on even more so than the postseason. I remember when the Mets were in Houston in 2017, and it was kind of interesting because the stadium was basically empty because it was after Hurricane Harvey uh, had gone through Houston. We were supposed, to be, we were supposed to be at oh, that really? game. Okay. Yeah. So, so they played the series. They had like a doubleheader, however they set it up. But I remember Chris Flexen getting rocked yep. in one of those games. And John Boy, one of the videos he found was that one because the stadium was so empty. You could clearly yeah, hear yeah, yeah, the yeah, trash yeah. can. And I think it's someone like Flexen who I think he's playing in Asia this upcoming year. Like how much does it change his career, changing. His yep. career trajectory that he gets bashed by Houston in that game and they know what's coming does that set him on a path where maybe he changes something or he might not have been a very good picture in the first place and we know he got rushed up from double a a little bit but i mean that's who i think of and seth lugo brought it up as well that he had to start in that series and they bashed him around and lugo said hey maybe it cost me the opportunity to be a starting pitcher that they thought i couldn't go through a lineup the third time because the third time around 
they had the signals and started to know exactly what was coming, and they you know wiped him out. And then he didn't get to pitch deeper into games after that. But those are the type of things that players are so angry about is it changes your whole career trajectory beyond you know cheating for right, a right, title right. on I, li- I, I agree I could not live with myself yeah but if you guys were paying yeah, attention but, you know everybody says that too but like you know if you if you were a kid let's say you're JD Davis uh-huh. and you're a rookie and you get called up and that kind of stuff is starting to happen what are you gonna say you're gonna say Carlos Beltran knock it off like as a rookie in that situation, I don't know. I don't know what I would no, do. No, but you know, Brian aren't McCann. there a million other people around? Okay, forget about a rookie. When you're a rookie, you keep your mouth shut and you keep keep it moving. Yeah. But I mean, if you're a prominent They're player, all responsible. Well, yeah, I, I I couldn't. That's why I couldn't cheer for them. But listen, guys, if you've been paying attention in the past couple of days, I've been promoting this. Pete Alonzo, Rookie of the Year bobblehead mm. from our friends at Foco. So Foco's hooking you guys up. We got three this time. So normally we used to do this Just the Share contest on Twitter and Facebook, which we're still doing. So if you're watching live right now, share the show on both Facebook and Twitter. But we also have a third bobblehead because now, Pete, if you haven't heard, we are on Instagram television. So it's not live. If you're watching this on Instagram, it is a repeat. But we still want to be able to hook you guys up with a bobble. So here are the rules. The rules for today on the FOCO promo. Click share on Facebook, retweet on Twitter, or if you're watching this right now on Instagram, which you could do later, so you have three chances to win if you're watching live, go on right now on the on the video of today's episode and comment, I want that Pete Alonzo at FOCO USA bobblehead. That's all you got to do, and you must be following FOCO USA to win. And uh, if you don't win... They also have this uh, promo code up for you. So 10% off on FOCO.com. Use the promo code LFGM10, and that'll take 10% off your entire order. So if you don't win, you can still go buy one. They are $60 a pop and up as a pre-sale right now. But anything else you see uh, on the entire website, Mets-related or not, you can get a discount with that LFGM10 promo code on FOCO.com. So shout out to those guys. And... I always say this, but I don't think I did it this time because I said, hey, send us three. The third usually stays here. we got to ask for four next time. <laughs> so one stays here. So uh, well, shout St. out to Pete those guys. Pete ain't stealing any signs, right? Pete Alonzo, you know, I was talking with uh, Tim Britton. He said Pete Alonzo showed up year two. Same guy. Yep. Sometimes you wonder about that. Drunk as hell. <laughs> <laughs> wants to get drunk as hell on the uh, parade float after a, a world title. I love that. S- speaking of... So right when that came out, I knew that this was going to get denied, but I'm, I'm going to show you the design. I can't show okay. the public this design. So design something immediately after that press conference and send it through for approval. Uh, it said drunk as hell on a float as part of the design. The com- what do you think the comment came back from my approval process? You know, everything has to go through licensing. Mm-hmm. What do you think it said? I don't know. This is the comment. Unfortunately, we cannot approve a design portraying a player as drunk as hell. So that that's out the window. We will not be making a drunk as hell. Not until it happens. And then you can just take a po- photo of Pete Alonzo drunk as hell on a float. And then you can do whatever you want with that, right? So speaking of the, well, yeah. speaking of the press, though, um, some guys are very vocal. Some guys are more reserved. You don't get much out of them. Pete Alonso is obviously on one side of the spectrum, and now we have Cespedes on the complete opposite side of the spectrum that told the guys the other day, guys and gals, he won't be talking to them today, tomorrow, or any point throughout this season. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that was maybe 
taken the wrong way? Did he have a bad day? Did he, does he maybe not want to talk about his injury because maybe he legally can't? Well, he's always been like because that. Because the settlement. But, I mean, honestly, once the season starts, if he crushes three home runs on opening day, you don't think he's going to talk to the press? Uh, it's up to him. I don't I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I mean, look. Oh, you will, meaning. Yeah. He hasn't. I think there was a game where he had a big hit. And he didn't talk after the game. I, I, this is something that's always gone on with Cespedes. Uh, moody is the right word, or just disinterested in that aspect of being a baseball player. I and mean, look, I'm not a writer. I don't need to hear from him in order to talk about the team. But it is nice to understand a player's perspective on certain things so that you can use that. I mean, there are plenty of times that, oh, I'm going to, you know, I can't believe this guy did that. And then they explain it after the game, and you go, all right, well, now I understand exactly what they were thinking in that spot, and at least, like, you put some ration to it. If he doesn't want to do that, so be it. I mean, maybe, for all I know, he's just so furious at the Mets because, you know, they went after his money, essentially, after the incident on his ranch involving the wild boar, that he doesn't want to talk about that because he can't talk about the team. I don't know. We don't know what's going on with him, and this is, you know, what it leads to is you just you kind of have this mystery does it bother other guys because they have to speak more because Cespedes doesn't speak as much? Maybe I, you know, but uh, for fans, I understand, you know, people aren't, you just want to see Cespedes play well. Right. You know, right. That's what it comes down to. If you never hear from him, so be it. I mean, on the same hand though, like the same day that he didn't want to talk to the press, he spent extra time signing for the fans of Port St. Lucie. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's just isolating himself from everybody. Yeah. Just doesn't want to talk to the media for whatever reason. Well, look, and he's Put out that clearly, hype video a couple weeks ago. He's clearly upset at yeah. some things that have been said, the the doubters that might be out there. And look, I'm one of them. You have that those kinds of lower body injuries for years now. And you're not able to work out, stay in shape, do these things. You had quad and hamstring muscle injuries before. Anyway, how do you expect that guy to go out and play left field every day? I, I, don't. I don't see how you could do that. It looks like he's put on some weight and maybe taken a bit off over the last few weeks. But that just, to to me, is not a recipe of a guy who's going to be able to play 140, 150 games. And it can't just be, oh, he's motivated by the money now. Physically, can he really hold up? And that's going to be one of the big subplots in spring training. But really, we won't know until you get to May, June, and how often is he playing out there in left field. I have no doubt he'll hit. But he has to be able to do more than just hit in order to play for this team in the National League. Absolutely. I don't see it happening, him being out there for 140 games. Um, you know, unfortunately, or I don't know where you sit on this. We think we talked about last year, the DH. Uh, if that was implemented here, then we'd be in great shape. But be great, yeah. we don't. We, we, we don't have that, that luxury yet. Uh, our buddy, uh, Giraffe Neck Mark, says Cespedes is going to hit 50 home runs this year. So we'll see. Um, Make money on it. You could bet it somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it really depends on if they switch back to the 2018 balls or not. If it's the same ball as last <laughs> year, I have no doubt that he'll be crushing them as long as he's in the lineup. But, um, you know, time will tell. So Lowry shows up, mm-hmm. basically a, a brace from his ankle to his groin, somehow still cleared to do all of baseball activities. Why he came back last year, even for the end in September, I've no, if he was still hurt, I have no idea. Uh, he came back and played. I don't think he even got a hit. You know, he got nine games in. Yeah. All right, sometimes I think it's good for guys just to come back and, okay, I got to play, but he – I think it was just basically limited to hitting. I'm expecting nothing out of Lowry no. this year. Well, he, the thing is, he's another guy defensively. Where do you put him? You know, they've talked about he might not have the lateral movement in order to play third base. 
He can't play shortstop anymore, so he's basically just a second baseman. And if you're the Mets, you're already loaded at that position. You have Robinson Cano, Jeff McNeil could play second, Luis Guillorme could play second. So how are you going to make that work if that's the only spot that Jed Lowry can play now? The, the reason that he would have value coming off the bench for you is if he can slide into a Jeff McNeil type of role and play multiple positions. So, yeah, I, I think it's a major question mark what Lowry can bring to this club even if he's healthy but I will say this you know for all the rumors in the offseason that the Mets are going to try to you know tie Lowry with like Dom Smith in order to get rid of the contract I'm glad they didn't do that I think Dom Smith is a nice guy to if not have on your bench have his some insurance at AAA and hopefully hopefully he could show that he could play left field and you could platoon him out there with J.D. Davis that would be great I mean uh, Dom had quite a year last year you know walked off the season with a home run which was great but you know, he was also battling injury. But, I mean, it's tough because, like you said, we don't have an everyday spot for He's for a guy Smith. who came back at yeah. the end, right? He yeah. was on came the wheel back, forever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, How on, on fun the was that, though? The end oh. of last season, I mean, we went through the whole uh, lucky horseshoe and I didn't hear no bell and everything else that we were kind of grasping, or at least I was grasping onto at the end of the year <laughs> to try to believe that there was some type of lucky charm. But you know that Pugsley's, uh, Pugsley's rider, Pugsley's partner, is now a member of the Seven Line Army. So he got season tickets. His jersey says Pugsley. So welcome. I, I should have wrote down his name. Andrew. Andrew. Shout out to Andrew. Uh, excited to see you out there. I don't know if Pugsley can really. Got to find a way to get Pugsley in the ballpark. That'd oh my be great. god! <laughs> but uh, <laughs> where is the horseshoe right now? Uh, Are we it's, ready for opening it's, day? With it's that? actually at home. It's at home. Okay. I don't have it in here. I don't know if it's if it's good luck to. You know, keep last year's good luck charm. It was for two weeks. It was great. More than that. <laughs> More than that. That that run was incredible. And like you said, Dom Smith was out there on his little scooter. Yeah. Uh, you know, the guys were having a lot of fun at the end of the year, and hopefully they just pick up right where they left off. Um, Annalise is going to be uh, – it's always pretty competitive, but if you take that – what is it, Pocota? If you take that into consideration, they say the Mets are winning the Annalise. But Dude, we'll all the projections happens. love the Mets. I'm like, did the projections just like throw out last year and don't worry about it? And you got Maybe a top it's... five bullpen? Like some of the projections are really I it doesn't meet the eye test with what we saw last year. We know there's talent in that Mets bullpen, and that's the area that I tend to focus on with it. But how can you expect the Mets to go out and have a top five bullpen with everything that we saw go wrong last year? It's basically the same group with Dylan Betances added. You still uh-huh. have Edwin Diaz who you're counting on to close out games and Jarris Familia and hope he lost thirty pounds and turns the back the clock a few years. I just that that is wild to me is how bullish those projections, which you know, weed all out all the emotion and BS are on the Mets, especially in this division. So let me put you on the spot here. Yeah. Uh, a little bold prediction time. Uh-oh. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to do wins because clearly that's just a, you know throwing a dart at the wall right now, even though I'd say 95. All right, uh, <laughs> all right so want to do that then? All right, throw a dart. What, how many wins for the team this 87. year? 87. 87? Yeah. That's not going to get it done. Uh, will Jacob deGrom win his third Cy Young? Yes. Okay, yes. And I'll leave the third one up to you. Just a, any type of bold prediction. Do you think that we're going to see a Diaz? I don't even know if that's bold, but a Diaz bounce back, Familia actually come back to form. Like, what do you think could be the boldest prediction or something that you could see actually happening? Rick Porcello throws well. I think he'll be a good pitcher for the Mets this year. Not great. Couple below All-Star. I think Rick Porcello will bounce back and have a good year for the Mets. All right. And the Mets, Is that bold? He also won a Cy Young, right? So we have yeah. three Cy Young, you know, awards on the. Yeah, I'm not on, putting him at that level. I'll say Porcel will be better than Stroman. How about that? All right. I was going to say my bold prediction is that Stroman's going to be great. 
I mean, yeah. I like everything from this guy. Now he's got his full first, uh, you know, Mets camp under his belt. Clearly, he came at the end of the season last year. But the way that he is with with his teammates, the way he trains, the way I, I just like everything about him. He's so it's such a positive guy. And you know, I, I'm honestly I'm starting it already. The whole PMA and the way that you think, the way that you carry yourself, the way you conduct your business on and off the field, at work, at home, with your family, whatever. Be positive is so much more conducive to like a happy life than just always being negative. And I feel like he has that. And it's a nice party trick if you could balance wine on your back <laughs> yeah. while bear crawling, right? Did you I, see people try to do it? I did not see people try a couple to other, do it. A couple other, you know, I don't know if it was college guys or minors guys, tried to do it and uh, copy his uh, crawling technique with the wine on his back. Uh, we could maybe do that with these new dugout mugs, uh, which I... You know, I want to tell you guys about. So, dugout mugs. Shout out to our friends at dugout. You can't see Lizzie today because of, uh, of course, mine. of course. Right before the show uh, went on, we had our third camera drop for some reason. But <laughs> dugoutmugs.com on board for 2020, and they are the only bat mug out there with an MLB license. So, if you go to bat, um, if you go to uh, dugoutmugs.com and scroll down and check out all the different offerings. These are all licensed by Major League Baseball. They also have the uh, Hall of Fame license and the Players Association license. So what we're doing with them, which is very cool, they are a Florida company. They're down in the Tampa area. They will be at Hoplife on Friday, and they made these T7LA badge mugs, if you're watching live. There you go. That's that's the mug. They're going to be bringing them to Hop Life on Friday. So definitely come by. These will eventually be up for sale on our website. But if you want to grab one down at spring training, maybe bring it to the game the next day. We have 1,200 tickets to the game on Saturday. So mm. come to Hop Life on Friday. Pick, out, pick up your dugout mug. But definitely check out their website, dugoutmugs.com. Again, they are the only officially licensed by Major League Baseball bat mug founded um, – or the bat mug was invented by Randall Thompson back in 2014, and the dugout mugs are great, make a great gift. Um, what I heard is the anniversary, you know, each anniversary is like a different, um, you know, paper anniversary, something anniversary. Yeah. The fifth anniversary is wood, is, okay. what, is what I've been is told. Is it really? So it makes a good, yeah, it makes a good anniversary gift. Cool. Uh, you know, you can customize it with uh, anything you want. So go to the wood anniversary. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, more ways than one. Hey, let me show you. Whoa, uh, anyway, hey, oh, dugoutmugs.com. And they also hooked us up with this special uh, promo code for you guys as well. This is an unbelievable promo code. So 25% off your entire order on dugoutmugs.com. Use the promo code OABT25 for 25% off. Um, they have not only the uh, the bat mugs, but they also make a shot glass. I think, I think you got it behind you, Pete. Uh, they make a shot glass. They make a bottle it's opener. The the bat. Lizzie, throw me that one. Hopefully, this doesn't break oh, anything. Jesus Christ. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Nicely done. This one is awesome. This is a wine glass. It's called Wind Up. What's, what does it say on the bottom of I that? I love the wine glass. Was it a shot something? It's a knob shot. Knob shot. This one says Wind Up. And what does that one say? This would be good for some wheat grass. <laughs> yeah. What does the <laughs> bottle opener say in the bottom? The bottle opener says season opener. Season opener. Cute. So shout out to Dugout Mugs. Thanks for hopping on board this season. And uh, we'll see you on Friday. So definitely come on down to Hop Life on Friday. If you haven't seen the blog post yet, go to thecellline.com. Click on the blog uh, for the spring training meetup. And this has all the information for what we got going on on Friday night. Again, the weather doesn't look great, but Hop Life has a new outdoor space that is covered 
Um, so we're going to be all set. So definitely don't let the weather deter you from coming down, especially since our, our friends are going to be there with the, dug, um, the dugout mugs. Is that a lobster roll? That, that looks, is a lobster roll. I don't tasty. know if that food truck will be there. I'm but they, so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they do have food trucks coming. Uh, they do have live music. They do have a bunch of games, you know, uh, Jenga and uh, cornhole and all that good stuff. We're going to be there around 5 o'clock. So Hop Life is located 679 Northwest Enterprise Drive 101 is the uh, is the number of the building. It's in a, a like an industrial area, pretty much about like a mile from the ballpark. So definitely circle your calendars for Friday. Come on out. It's going to be a great time. Do a little jog over there. I did a 5K in Fort St. Lucie over as a turkey trot and went down there for Thanksgiving. So, no way. You know, I took a little uh, family detour and ran around the area. It wasn't near the ballpark. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. So don't we have to run? Don't at least you have to run this year. What was our bet last year? With oh one yes, of the, the, uh, the jigsaw in East Islip. You can't cheat this year. Race. I have not. I got to be honest. I have not done any research. I just Keep remembered drinking. it like two weeks ago. This is, uh, this is you know this is good for running. Yeah, of course. Just got a carbo load, you know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into that race, and uh, we'll. We'll put that one was back I on the map. Was I that? I don't know if I was supposed I to. I don't think you got sucked into it. Good, because I don't want to run. It. I don't want to run. You do live a lot closer to the race than I do. I'm a, I'm a motocross racer now. I decided <laughs> over the offseason, I haven't raced a dirt bike since I'm 13. Uh, I did buy a bike right at the end of the season. I sold the Harley I had. I bought a dirt bike. I've been going to the track a lot. And with the weather, I've been able to ride a lot. So I have March 22nd circled on my calendar that I'm going to race again. And now that I'm putting it out there into the universe, or at least anyone who watches this that cares, uh, now that I'm saying I'm going to race, I kind of have to. Um, From what well, I can tell, you've basically gone back to being a 13-year-old yeah. <laughs> with the BMX, the dirt bike, and then Mets Fantasy Camp, so you got to relive your uh, Little League glory as well. Barely, because when I was in, I played Little League until like manager's pitch. So when I went down to Florida, I was shitting my pants. I really thought that there's no way I'm going to be able to hit a ball. Uh, you know, what did I get myself into? Because when I went to the training session, shout out to Gary Pincus uh, Baseball Academy uh, in New Hyde Park. We went there during the offseason, and anyone who was going to fantasy camp, could then practice at Gary's place. You chip in like five, ten bucks, and it goes towards charity. But we were practicing on the weekends, and I'm like, man, these guys are serious. They're showing up with like all their own bats, all their own gear. Mm-hmm. They, they travel. They play every weekend on real teams. I haven't played since I'm like 11. I'm going to get smoked. But I went down there and somehow was able to hit. Until the last game, on game seven, we were already, already out of the playoffs. Maybe I let my, uh, my game face was off. I was hitting like in the 500s until game seven, and then on game seven, I stunk. So, But I did walk away with the team MVP, which was voted on wow. by my peers, which was uh, – I'm glad they voted before game seven because in game seven, I sucked. Uh, <laughs> it's but not that, an important game anyway. No, we were game out. Game seven. Oh, okay. We were out. It's a consolation no, The first game four seven. games, the way it works, if anyone cares, you want to go to fantasy camp, it's, it's a phenomenal time. The first, it's a tournament style. So the guys take it very serious. And I'm a mm-hmm. competitive guy. So you get drafted. I was on Steve Traxel and Ed Hearn's team. They called it seven train. And I was like, oh, man, like, I don't want this to be about me. Like, I, I don't know if they did that because they drafted me. And then like, oh, it's called seven train, seven line, whatever. Um, so I kind of was a little weird about that. But I got my first hit in the first game, kind of get off the get off to the right on the right foot. But the first four games, it's tournament style. So the best four, the best four teams make the playoffs. So the first four games count to, to the seeding. Game five, I had the walk-off hit uh, in the 10th inning. Uh, spring training, not spring training. They rip fin- your jersey off? No. Did your wife I had a buzzer. It? I had a buzzer on. <laughs> uh, the uh, fantasy camp games are seven innings because you play, you play seven games in four days. So um, 
I had the walk off in the bottom of the tenth. Games are normally seven innings. Uh, it was a zero zero game. So usually uh, games are very high scoring down there. Everything's a hit. If you hit, if you get it to a guy and he drops the ball, there's no errors. You're gonna if you make it to first, it's a hit. That's um, how you hit five hundred. That's how I hit five. I think it was five fifty at that point. But I ended up with like four twenty or something like that. Whatever. Um, Good number. Yeah. But the guys, uh, the next day, this. Uh, this lineup card was in my in my locker. So it was a phenomenal week. Such a great time. I highly recommend it. Shout out to all my teammates. It was such a fun time. So um, who, of the former players that are there, I got two questions. Uh-huh. One, who could still play? Uh, they didn't really play. I mean, they, they normally do a campers versus coaches game. Uh-huh. But since the ballpark wasn't ready, we didn't get that, oh, that okay. chance. So but, you didn't get to play against any of them or anything no, like I mean, that. we got to hit against them in the morning. So like, okay. I took BP against like Mookie and... Traxel and uh, Heath Bell and Figueroa. Heath Bell? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. He yeah. is Turk fun Wendell. as hell. And was, Turk was there too? Turk was a riot. Turk in the clubhouse was awesome. Like, we had, it was serious, man. You had to be, I was I was there before the sun's up every day. So, like, six, six o'clock in the morning, I'm waking up. It's real. Like, you're not going out. Like, you tell your wife, I'm going to fantasy camp. They maybe, th- I mean, Kelly didn't think this, but like, oh, you're going to go out and get wasted at night. Like, you go to sleep. You're tired. Mm. It's real camp. So in the morning, there's a list of like where you got to be, what time is a morning meeting. There's all this like structured stuff. And Turk would go into the clubhouse. All right, line up. Get people like nervous. Like, oh, I got to be somewhere. What's going on? It was it was so much fun. But uh, during BP, it was almost like wearing a buzzer because Figaro was telling you what he's going to throw you just to see if you could hit it. And, you know, they throw you meatballs just to get you loose and whatever. And then he's like, all right, slider. And you can't touch it. You know, like, I'm not a baseball player. But, like, when you're throwing meatballs, that you know, underhand toss, whatever, just to get your swing down. And the the biggest piece of advice I got, I think it was on day two, was from um, uh, Tim Tuffle. So I don't know why I do this, but I stand – I keep my, my arms up pretty high in the mm-hmm. box. And he said, you know, you're wasting a millisecond getting your arm your hands down. Just start here. And I started here, and I bat five, whatever. So it was great. It was it was such a great experience. Right across from me was Dwight Gooden's locker. Um, you know, the thing that I had to get used to was the, the showers. I've never taken a shower in a locker room with, like, no partitions. Okay. So it is a little weird. You know, you're walking around, everyone's naked. You know, I've never been in that atmosphere. I've never played, you know, high yeah, school sports yeah. and you know, college, whatever. So that was a little weird, a little getting used to. Um, the ice baths were, were interesting. I don't know if you've ever been in one, but – uh, they make these little booties to go over your feet, your little toes. So when you get in, you don't want to instantly jump out. But um, my groin was killing me. My hamstrings were shot. So by the first day, there's trainers there. You're basically treated like a player. They say, uh, all right, do 10 minutes ice, 10 minutes hot, and go back and forth, whatever whatever it is. So that was it was such an experience. It was so much fun. Um, Second question, who's the best yeah. storyteller there? Some stories you can't really. Well, I know you can't repeat. But repeat. Who is, who is the best storyteller? Um, you know Ed Hearn. Ed Hearn was my coach, and he had some good stories. You know, he wasn't with the Mets that long, and he's he's battled a whole bunch of you know his own physical um, you know ailments over the years, and he's got an incredible story. And Ed was great. Uh, the first night after you get drafted, you go out for a team dinner. So Traxel, Ed Hearn, and my guys. Uh, Shout out to my guys here. I haven't found a spot yet for this. We all went to Duffy's. So we're all sitting there, and which I like that. It was more laid yeah. back. You get a table. You sit down and chop it up. So it's weird. You're sitting at, at dinner with two ex-players and your teammates and just hanging out. But um, I would say the loudest guy down there, I don't know if it technically like the stories, but Kevin Baez was a coach. Okay. And his team actually won. Week one, so he was you know puffing trash his, talking, puffing his chest out a little bit at the at the the dinner on Friday night. 
But uh, it was so much fun. I highly recommend it. Doug Dickey does a phenomenal job. Uh, shout out to him. He organizes the whole thing. So I know there's a long waiting list, but if you want to get on it, definitely uh, contact Doug Dickey. I don't know how you go through the website, but definitely I recommend it. So I, you can I've try always heard day. great things about it. Did you play? No, 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 no. I've never been able to do it. Did I play baseball growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I played growing up. Yeah, I played Little League until I was 15. I no, think, it wasn't particularly good, but I enjoyed pitching. That was always fun and something I I know Matt Cerrone, think about. I think he played into college, at least high school. I've seen some uh, some photos of him in his uniform. I think he should do it. Um, you know, anyone should do it. And you know, people think like, oh, I don't have experience. Like, neither did I. But you know, if you take some swings, get prepped a little beforehand, stretch, run a little bit, you can you can definitely uh, excel down there. But it's it's uh, there's two locker rooms, so there. I think in my camp there was three women, so it's. Both can join. Uh, anyone can play. Uh, all ages. There's some guys that are up to like 60, 70 years old. I'm so. I don't want to. Oh, I'm gonna say. I don't even want to say it. But I'm surprised. Uh, worse things don't happen uh, <laughs> down there when guys are running around for seven days straight. So light at the phones. We got uh, Herman. What's up, Herman? How you doing? Darren, Pete, how are you, Herman? Guys? What's up? Well, I'm right here in Puerto Lucy, waiting for you to get here. Oh, you're already down there. Oh, I, I I usually come a week. I ha, I got a place in Vero Beach, so I usually come down a week ahead of time. So are you down well, there? Actually, are you down there watching the guys, or, or have you hit have you hit any no, of the training? No, I got in on Monday. Did some work. I'm actually going to start going tomorrow morning. I'm actually in, in Vero Beach. We're looking for the wild board because New York wants to talk to him, <laughs> but I can't find him. <laughs> uh, no, I just wanted to call in real quick. Say hello. I usually call every first episode of the year. And I think everybody else should be excited as I am because I pretty I believe that we're playing with a ship on our shoulders, and I believe the guys are going to do what they're supposed to do. All right, Herman. People just got to relax and everything else, and I hope to see you guys on Friday. Absolutely. See you Friday night. Thanks for calling in. Let's hope. You already know. Take care, guys. Good hearing from you, Herman. So like Herman's, happy uh, happy New Year, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's like keeping the tradition going. We got Herman. We got Rally Man. So uh, give a shout if you want. 631-388-5195. Also, don't forget to share the show if you want to be in the running for this. Pete Alonzo Bobble from our friends at FOCO. Hit up FOCO.com. And if you want to win on Instagram, again, here are the rules for that. So go to... Um, Go to this post on Instagram right now with the video and just comment right now. I want that Pete Alonzo at Foco USA. Make sure you add them bobblehead and you must be following them to win. So the episodes now, Pete, are going to go instantly. Like, like how we put the podcast up right away. Mm -hmm. They will instantly go on Instagram as well. So this is a new thing for us. I'm excited about it. I only found out recently that you can upload files directly to your Instagram account from a computer. So it should be like pretty instant. So when we turn this thing off, we should already be up on IGTV. So uh, thank all you guys. All the platforms. All the platforms. And if you're listening, we don't really promote this that much, but if you are listening, subscribe, rate, comment. It's all it's good for the show. Tell your friends. We're more of a visual show, I feel. You know, we're drinking the beers. We have the mugs. We're showing the bobbles. Look at our faces. Uh, you know, look at these mugs. <laughs> Pete's got a face for uh, video, uh, clearly, SNY. Um, mm. how's that been going? Been doing the, the thread and all that? Yeah, I do the thread about twice a week, so keep it busy over there, which is which is fun. It's the freelance life, baby. Is there uh, wardrobe? Doing some fan stuff, hosting, updates, all that all that good thing. Because that's more like the laid back show on SMY, right? The thread, yes. It's a little more casual. Uh you know, we make a polo shirt. I don't know oh, if you're allowed to wear that. The uh <laughs> I wore I wore this on the show Did once. You? I don't think they want the yeah, of course. team I'm just joking. uh stuff on the show, so I I've kind of backed off of the, the team stuff. 
But uh, all right. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, it's casual, chill. You wear a hoodie and stuff, and then it, you know, it's it's fun. It's not just people yelling at each other. No, it does sometimes turn into that. You know how it goes. Yeah, of course. And you know, I, I feel like it's when I get in, not invited, but like I went to the uh, fan fest this year, and uh, full disclosure, I I did. Um, get a credential so i was able to walk around and film i i did make a uh a little segment that got a ton of views about the fan i didn't fest. make it out there but it seemed like people had a blast it i've never awesome. seen so many selfies with players before yeah. like my whole facebook twitter you know all the the met fans that we interact with it, it felt like so many people were there and had the opportunity to really uh you know Chomp it up, as you said before, with current Mets players. It looked like a very cool thing. So many guys there and participating and making themselves available. I mean, again, I wasn't there. I didn't have the first-hand view like you did, but it looked like a, a really fun event. Yeah, I mean, it's if you guys care, go to the YouTube channel and uh, check it out. But, um, yeah, it was really put together great. The Mets did a great job. And, you know, the amount of guys that were there, I mean, some clearly couldn't make it, but a lot of the players were there. Pete was there. DeGrom was there. Uh, Gary, Keith, and Rod had panels. So, um, you know, there's a lot going on at the exact same time. So you couldn't be there for everything. So, like, if you wanted to watch this panel, you may have missed this autograph session or whatever. But that's just the nature of the beast, especially in year one. But they did a great job with it. And uh, the most sc- the scariest part for me was I was there was a crew following Pete Alonso around. I don't know who who it was. I don't think it was the Mets, but somebody was following him around for the day, and um, he was in the visitors' batting cage throwing live BP to fans. <laughs> and a couple screamers came back, and I'm like, "What is going on?" I was like, "I get it for like a minute, you know, get get a couple shots." Hey, you he's know, behind the net. It was 15 minutes. <laughs> he doesn't throw BP like he like to get to duck back behind that L-shaped net, whatever you call it. Yeah, uh, it was scary. It was a scary thing to watch, and I was like, "Oh, what? This is so Mets." You know, we got we got uh, Lugo breaking his pinky toe in his hotel room down in Port St. Lucie. Hit the ottoman, apparently. Watch freaking, you know, glad it didn't happen. But Pete Alonso like breaks his hand throwing BP. Yeah, you know, you gotta have some fun you can't just put people in glass bubbles but uh i will say too shout out to the queen's baseball convention guys and and keith and dan who've run a, a great event for so many years and i i don't think that that would have happened without the work that these guys did over the the past few off seasons so you know I the agree. fact that this event seemingly went well yeah. and, and the Mets getting involved in stuff. I think, uh, you know, certainly a tip of the cap to the work that those guys put into uh, the, the QBC. 100%. And I don't know the whole details of it. I know Keith and Dan both wrote something on uh, their site about, you know, they were supposed to be somewhat involved. And I guess for whatever reason, they weren't involved. But I don't think that that they, the QBC ended up getting canceled for a number of reasons. And it wasn't really just because the Mets did their own. Um, you know, they changed venues. They got a bigger spot out on Long Island. Costs went up and, you know, so on and so forth. So I don't think the QBC is dead by any means. No. I think that maybe just a year off. I know Keith's been posting some, like, cryptic messages with, like, a phoenix rising with, like, the logo on the <laughs> bottom. Something's going on. I don't know what it is, but I don't think you've seen the last of QBC. And, you know, I... Uh, I don't talk about this much, but I was one of the founders in the beginning. So it was me, Shannon, and Media Goon started QBC. I don't know. Who, I think Keith came up with the name because convention, Comic-Con, all that cons was big. Mm-hmm. And once I got the license and, you know, I was – my off-season's kind of – I'm busier in the off-season than I am during, during the season. I kind of parted ways, and I know Shannon did as well, and that's when Dan came in. But they do a great job, and I, I hope that it's not the end of it. I know you're, you were involved. A lot of our, our friends were involved. Uh, Matt Cerrone, Joe DeMeo. 
a lot of the uh, panel members, Mark Healy. It was fun. I had so yep. much fun. And it, you can't compare the two because anything uh, team run or fan run will never be comparable. And it's the same reason why, you know, the Kansas City Royals started, what do they call it? The, the Keep. The Keep is their group of fans kind of supposed to be like the seven-line army. Okay. They're, they're the keepers of their field, whatever they want to call it. It's run by the, by the team. It's not going to be ever to the same level as what this is. And that's not a pat on the back for us. It's just the way that things work. Run by the team or run by a fan group, it's never going to be comparable. And uh, I think Mets Fan Fest was great. I think QBC is great, too. They, they're not comparable because, like you said, you go to QBC, it's almost like a reunion. You're seeing a lot of the same people. It's not just uh, let me schmooze and take a selfie with this player. It's let me talk to these people. Let me maybe buy something from Dave Maggio because he's, you know, or Herm. They got their art set up and uh, completely different scenarios. But I definitely think there's room for both to be around in the future. I no, hope. Absolutely. I hope. Uh, so let's talk more about uh, the team. Uh, the Wilpons, the Katz family, the Cohen. Now we got A-Rod. And J-Lo. Do you think this has any legs, this A-Rod and J-Lo thing? Well, they don't have the money to buy the team, which is kind of scary to think about. So they'd have to involve somebody else. But look, anybody who grew up a Mets fan, I think there's got to be something extra special. There aren't many of these teams that go up on the market as it is. And if it's your team, and Alex Rodriguez, as we know, grew up a big Mets fan, He'd get to compete with Derek Jeter in the NL East, which might hold a little sway for him. He clearly just loves being involved in the game in one form, fashion, or another, and you know he doesn't mind a little attention as well. So, uh, no. <laughs> look, I mean, it's not the most uh, ridiculous thing, but the the key to me, if, if I'm following this as a fan, my concern would be someone spending so much to buy the team that they then don't have the money to build the team in the way that it needs to be done on the field. And that's what's happened in Miami. Mm -hmm. Derek Jeter and his group, they spent so much on the team that they had to trade Yelich and Stanton and, and all these guys and get costs down so they could – you know, get their feet under them and afford the team. And then hopefully, you know, they hope to, to build it up. It's like spending so much on a house that needs to be renovated. And then you got to live with a bad kitchen for a right, long right, time. Right, like, right, right. you know, that's, that would be my concern. That's why Steve Cohen, I think was so attractive for Mets fans because that wouldn't be an issue. He cut a check. It seems like, and have the team and, and go forward from there. But that didn't work out. Now some reports today from the athletic as well as AM New York that Cohen, could be sitting in the background yeah. and and might not actually be out. And apparently that might be causing some other potential buyers to stay out of it because they're worried that he'll just come in and, and trounce them. So, you know, this, this whole thing will play out over the course of the year. And we'll get little drips and drabs along the way. And then I guess one day we'll just wake up and you find out, all right, the Mets are being sold and that'll be that. It's the SNY thing. That's what's really holding up the whole thing. I guess SNY is on the table as part of this deal. Well, now it, it supposedly is it's back. Supposedly, this was the athletic report, I believe, that SNY, it's at least something that people can talk about uh -huh. purchasing, whereas it wasn't on the table initially with Cohen's $2.6 billion deal. They're going to come back. He's probably just waiting for them to come back and be like, all right. We'll take it. Well, you know? a lot has changed now. The big holdup was this five-year waiting period, as far as we know, with Cohen and the Wilpons. And 
Now that's gone. With the Wilpons putting the team up, there is no, hey, we got to be in control for five years. Uh, That has changed. But the other thing to keep in mind is, did Cohen tick off the wrong people, Major League Baseball, other owners, uh, to the fact that Rob Manfred clearly took the Wilpons side in all of this and said they didn't do anything wrong. But I, I think there's a question as to whether or not Cohen would be approved now as one of those 30 owners in Major League Baseball. So there's a there's a lot there, and you kind of you pick up a little bit in each report that comes yeah. out. Yeah. But I, I think for fans, you, all you want is a team that's going to spend what it takes to win and an owner who stays the hell out of the way, right? Like right, hire right, a right. good GM, hire somebody that the fans trust to run the team, handle the baseball moves, and then get out of the way. That's what you want from an owner. You want someone who cares about the team, understands the fan base, uh, understands what it is to be a Mets fan. And I think that's kind of exciting, too, is that you can have someone who grew up a fan of the team and maybe gets it at a a different level because the Mets are unique. It's right. a unique team to to root for. They, you don't you wouldn't get it rooting for any other team in the same way. Uh you know, the relationship with the Yankees in New York to, you know, just the culture around the team, you know, hashtag lol Mets. I don't know. The whole <laughs> the whole thing, the seven line, all of this kind of stuff. It it's there's no other team that has the kind of culture around it that the Mets do. And Mets fans are so passionate. I mean you don't have like social interactions with any team as often as the Mets. Like people live and die with this team in a way that uh, they don't with other teams. This whole thing has been such a mess, though. And like you said, it is the LOL Mets. I mean, everything that comes out oh. is just like, oh, do you really – does it shock you? No, nothing shocks me ever. When I hear anything with this team, nothing shocks me. And, you know, I was excited about the the thought of Cohen being the owner, more so because of just how reckless he seems with his money and a win-at-all-cost type thing, type attitude. And, you know, people bring in his SEC fines and things that he's not, you know, uh, you know an angel. No. But – if if this is a guy that's that's uh, opening the checkbook to win at all costs, I was definitely excited about that. But we'll see what happens. I mean, it, it's something that is out of our hands. All we could do is talk about it uh, when and if it happens. But if you haven't shared the show yet, don't forget we're going to select that winner in just a few minutes now. Um, we are giving away this Foco bobblehead, this Pete Alonzo bobblehead. And all you got to do to be in the running is retweet right now if you're watching on Twitter, share if you're watching on Facebook, or if you're watching the replay on Instagram, just comment that I want that at Foco USA Bobble, and you will be put into the running to win. So I do want to also shill a little bit for the Seven Line Army. We do have our group outings up for grabs. It was a little bit of a late start on the um, on the uh, the one for Nationals Park because we were working out some details with the Nationals and shout out to our buddy Adam Dantis who is our ticket rep down there so April 4th it is their second game of the year we're going to be down there and our ticket packages are still up we have about 200 tickets left if you go to the subline.com they are available there there is an optional round trip bus ride from Rally Bus as always and the good thing is that the game starts at 4 o'clock so we don't have to leave at like four in the morning we have to leave a little bit later we do have our pregame party at mission right before the game so it's going to be a fun time it's 95 dollars, a little bit more expensive than last year but the nationals are considering this a premium game because they are unfortunately getting either their rings that day or they're raising some type of banner that day that's which something that happened since our last show the nationals won a playoff series which is, what yeah, the hell? which is not going to really affect us i don't want to see that either but that stuff typically happens like an hour before first pitch we'll still be at the bar so whatever it'll be business as Late usual arrival. once the game starts uh definitely head up to subline.com 
and pick up tickets while supplies last. And also, our uh, next home game, we're sold out until May for the home games. Our game on Tuesday, May 19th, I think there's 50 tickets left, the last I checked with the Mets. Uh, that's for Tuesday night, our first weeknight game of the season. Uh, Tuesday, May 19th, against the Diamondbacks. It also includes the 2020 jersey for $43. So, uh, yeah, hit that up and uh, pick up tickets while they still last. So, Lizzie, unfortunately, does not have a camera here, but womp, womp. she's on the mic uh, Lizzie, did you select today's winners? I did. So what we're doing differently this year, guys, because that whole like, oh, tell me when to stop and scroll through my phone and pull up the retweets takes way too mm-hmm. long. It's too long. It's bad for uh, it's bad radio. It's bad podcasting. So Lizzie uh, did the same thing I do, like when I'm on Instagram and I pick a random person to win something or Twitter. She did that with her eyes closed and she selected today's winners. So Lizzie, take it away. So uh, our Twitter winner is Stephen Kirk. That's at S-D-O-T-K-I-R-K. So congratulations to you. And our Facebook winner is Craig Spickler. Craig Spickler. I will be uh, messaging you guys. Message them right now so we don't forget. Because, you know, we get an email or whatever. We get a message like a week or two later. Hey, I won that bobblehead. I'm not trying to be stingy here, but you didn't mail it yet. So now that Lizzie's taking care of picking the winners, she's emailing them right away so it doesn't land on our shoulders. Clearly, this is a high-class operation here. So (laughs) thanks, Lizzie. Uh, And Instagrammers, do your thing. Comment now. So, uh, Pete. Friday night hop life. I know you won't be there, but it's going to be a fun time. I'll uh, I'll miss you. But uh, next week, what about week, me? Will you miss me? Yeah, huh? I'll miss you too. Huh? Huh? Next week we'll recap spring training. It uh, should be a fun time. Definitely don't let the weather forecast scare you away from coming to Hop Life on Friday night and Saturday. We have twelve hundred tickets. That's much more than we've ever had out there on the berm. They're calling it the Hill now. It's not the Hill. It is the berm. The berm. It will always be the berm. And we get to get into the ballpark an hour early. So they're doing this special ribbon-cutting ceremony, even though the stadium's not really done yet, but okay. Clover Park. Um, Close enough. Uh, Clover there will be Park. baseball in it, so it yeah. is open. Clover Park is opening. There's a new, um, right behind home plate is a new entrance. So there used to be like those two ramps on the side, so mm-hmm. now it's like almost like City Field, like the Rotunda. New entrance, new name, new big-ass bar in left field, and um, we have our early entry wristbands, which give us a discount on rum buckets and beer. Rum buckets. Which they've never done a discount on rum buckets or beer for us. So shout out to them for that. It's going to be a fun time. So don't forget your wristbands. If you're watching this or listening to this and you're packing right now and you're sitting with us on a Saturday, do not forget your wristbands. I will not have any extra. I don't run the show. Don't forget your tickets. Don't forget your wristbands. Don't forget your T-shirts. Don't forget anything. I run the show solo down there, and there's only so much I can handle. So if you forget anything, uh, you might not be able to get in. So don't forget anything. Tell your friends. Set yourself up with a note, a reminder, an alarm, something that says... Or you know what? If you're packing right now, pack that stuff in your bag right now. Don't worry about underwear. You could buy that from the plethora of uh, chain rest, uh, chain businesses. And There's a Walmart nearby. Everything. You don't I need understand. anything. You're all set. You need nothing. You need yourself, your ticket, your shirt, and your wristband. Bring your phone so you can take a picture of Mike Piazza Drive. <laughs> yeah. Which was crazy. During that walk-off uh, that I had uh, in that 10th uh, inning walk-off, they were doing Do you dream about this at night? Is this something well, that, that <laughs> recurs to you? Well, you got the, the MVP. This trophy. is a prize possession now, my uh, fantasy camp MVP award. But we that it was that Thursday uh, ceremony mm-hmm. out in uh, Port St. Lucie, and 
we were the only team that wasn't able to go watch the beginning of it because we were still playing. So I'm in the batter's box. I'm like, I don't want to miss this Mike Piazza ceremony. And that's what really propelled me to uh, get that walk-off hit. There you go. You got to finish it off. I'll tell you what, if you missed the beginning of it with the politicians speaking, oh you missed God. the show. Uh, I did. I got there just in time for that. It that was, was hilarious. That was something. Hopefully they don't go <laughs> on and on on Saturday before the ribbon cuttings. I think oh the politicians will be there as well. Um, but yeah, I, that I mean, jumping around here, but that ceremony... Um, you know, Piazza has such a way with words where when he gets choked up, I almost get choked up for him when he was up in Cooperstown watching him live and, you know, get emotional. Um, it's hard to hear a man, you know, it wasn't bawling, but a man get choked up and not also get a little, yeah, when he's talking about his father. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, this just reminds me because I should have done this in the jump, but, uh, really should have done this earlier. Just talking about getting choked up, um, a special, you know, memory or reminder of you know how fragile things can be and how quickly life or not quickly because luke left a lived a you know a very long life but luke Esparri passed away um about a week ago and he was with the mets for a better part of you know every decade since the 60s and uh, such a friendly guy such a friendly face i loved seeing him around uh, a purple heart recipient from the battle of the bulge which he was 20 years old in the battle it's insane uh, you know the stuff that these guys went through back in the day and he unfortunately passed away so our thoughts go out to his family his friends the mets family everyone else involved and i think um uh, i'm hoping that the mets do something special i'm sure they will towards the season whether you know have his family out or uh, honorary first pitch or something, something special. I'm sure they will. And, um, he'll be missed for sure. So, uh, not to end on a somber note here, but thank you guys for watching. Um, if you're new to the show, we do this once a week. If you're listening afterwards on one of the podcast channels, rate, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And, uh, don't forget to comment right now. If you want this bobblehead on Instagram, we'll see you next week. Pete, anything else? I'll tell you what, I had a migraine at the start of the show, and Coors Light somehow knocked it out. So thank you to the people at Coors Light for that. Coors Light, uh, Dugout Mugs, Foco, thank you for everything, and we'll see you guys next week.